Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Flip the Lens Valentine's Day episode. Brie, London, I don't know what this means. Are we going to fall in love, write Hallmark cards to each other? What are we doing today? Hey, don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) I wanted to open today. I kind of gave you guys a little heads up. You guys don't know what these things are that I want to share with you, but let's just jump right in. I found this quote, and I wanted to share it. Love takes more than crystals and rainbows. It takes discipline and practice. It's not just a sweet sentiment from a Hallmark card. It's a radical commitment to a different way of being, a mental response to life that is completely at odds with the thinking of the world. I thought that was pretty powerful when I found that and read that this morning. What do you guys get from that? Bree, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you want to dive into personal experience. I feel like I've been with my partner for 10 years and I don't know, multiple times a year, a month, a week, we have to choose love, choose one another. So yeah, I think that you, we watch this Hallmark version on social media, on TV, on movies, and we get this idea of the guy's supposed to be romantic and the girl's in love and, and it should be easy. And while a relationship, I feel like the connection should be easy. I think that there's always going to be work. So you have to pick that person. If you're looking for love, you have to pick that person over and over and over and I mean, here we are, Valentine's Day. Aaron and I got in, like, the biggest dispute probably to date last night. You're like, great, going into Valentine's Day. And we completely are on the opposite page of, you know, where we're at in our relationship. So, but we're still picking one another. Like, it's not uh, we're done. It's a, I guess, where do we go from here? How do we, you know, love each other, support one another, and still see not necessarily eye to eye on things. But, I mean definitely more than a Hallmark movie. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard this morning at a yoga class, they were like, it's not your successes that make you successful. It's like the fire that you've been through and what you've overcome and how you got sharpened. And right. It's not the soft things that sharpen you and make you tougher and stronger and bigger. It's all the challenges and it's like the fights that you go through. So thanks for sharing that. London, you got anything? Well, I definitely have never been with someone for 10 years. Um, that's amazing. Uh, I just sounds like it's constant work, but that's not a bad thing. When you care about something enough, you work at it. So if you have a dream to become something or create something, you work at it. And when you have a passion for it and you care about it, it's easier to go through those tough times to where you guys are arguing or whether it's a business venture, you know, you're losing money or it's not happening how you would like or somebody's letting you down. It's easier to put up a fight. You know, I hear sometimes people say, oh, well, when you find the right one, it's effortless. Well, I find that hard to believe because (laughs) I love what I do. I love what I'm pursuing. I love training clients and I still wake up sometimes and I don't want to do shit. But I made that commitment in the end. I do what I want to do because I made that commitment, but I've never gone to the gym or trained a client or gone on a podcast and told my story. And been upset about it, you know, and uh, I've dated women that I've really cared about. And the last one I 
dated I was in love with. And the first five months were great. And then the last three, it was constant effort and work. And in the end, it didn't work out. But it was worth the work, you know, and it's sad it didn't work out. But in the end, it was best for me because apparently it wasn't meant to be. I love what both you guys said. I, For me, I think of love. Love is a – it starts as a feeling. It's like a knowing, a feeling. Maybe we build up to it. And then it becomes a choice because as you both described, like you roll over one day and look at that person and they're not your favorite that day or you get in a fight or a disagreement or they do something or you do something or maybe it just gets bo- it, you know, bored or stale for a moment. That's when love becomes that commitment and that choice that you then have to start living into and taking action in service of. I think when we take action in service of love, we can fall back in love. Um, I got these little cards, and if people are watching this, they're like sitting, it's sitting in front of my laptop, but they're called like my intent cards, like what's your word? I was at this meditation music thing the other night, and they gave these to everyone. I was flipping through them this morning just quickly to see what they were. And there were some cool questions about love, and I thought it would be awesome if we rapid-fired these. So let's, like, all of us try to hit these. We can go. Let's go London Brie, and then I'll finish it off. Um, And there's four of them. So we'll go like that, and we'll just see what comes up and see if there's anything we want to, you know, keep going with. So what makes you feel loved? Uh, Family. Like, affection. For me, it's uh, it's totally like words of affirmation, like being told, uh, you know, that I'm loved or the connection or things about me that someone like likes or admires. I can agree with that as well. How do you show love to others? Uh, telling them personally, uh, actually hearing it in my voice or looking it in my eyes instead of just a text. That personal touch has always been big for me. I think that for me... It's hard to show affection, even though I know like words of affirmation and affection are what I need. Um, But I've always been one to like gift give. And when I see that somebody needs something to like, I just love giving gifts. I love giving stuff (laughs) like just buying stuff for people makes me happy. So it, it just like fills my cup up as much as like seeing somebody happy from that. For me, it's, it's, it's like a tie in with both of those. It's like paying attention all the, like all of the time to the things that people say they love. And then at the times when they're not expecting it, dropping those things where they didn't even realize you were paying attention. It could, so that could be like taking them to that restaurant that they wanted to go to or buying that, that them, that thing that they saw in a store or a card that has an animal on it that they love or whatever it, right. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. It could be like waking up in the morning and like their favorite pastry or coffee is ready to go. But really like having those mental notes about what excites somebody, what gets somebody feeling good, and then like kind of like laying those little landmines for them when they're least expecting it. Yeah. What, what about – what did you learn from your biggest love regret? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I think in the end, when things don't work out, you just kind of got to look yourself in the mirror and see what you can learn from it. You know, I, I was in love with this girl and I thought about things I never thought about of what it'd be like to see her walk down the aisle. What it'd be like to see her give birth to our kids. You know, I wasn't looking at rings or anything, but I, I had those thoughts for the first time in my life at a, as 32 years old. And it was really cool for me because I've always been so guarded with my personal past. And, uh, 
it sucked, man, getting let down and somebody saying they don't want to be with you anymore. But I looked myself in the mirror when I gave myself that period of just being an idiot and not taking care of myself for like a week. And I put up with some stuff I shouldn't have. Um, I could have done a better job communicating, listening. So in the end, that shitty breakup, you know, is going to make me better for if I am fortunate enough to meet another woman and give it another try. That's powerful. <laughs> like, that's sweet that you took. I mean, I think learning stuff from relationships, even if it's a, at the end of the day, not a situation where you're staying in it. And for me, I mean, I've been with the same person for 10 years. And I think it just took me a long time to realize that it's okay to ask for what I need. And that's not selfish in a relationship. So my biggest, I guess, like setback reflection of way past relationships would be not respecting myself enough enough to ask for what I need or letting people treat me a certain way because it did really harm my self-confidence and had to work on that for a long time. And now being in a relationship, we're 10 years in. And I, I mentioned um, on our first episode being in therapy, I think a little bit and, you know, learning to just be okay with who I am and what I need from another person that just because I'm confident, just because I'm strong, just because I'm this capable, passionate woman that like doesn't necessarily need anybody that 10 years in I'm learning. I want to need this person that's in my life. I want to feel safe to let my guard down and, and be a little bit more vulnerable and say, I don't want to do this without you. And I don't want to feel like I can do this without you. Um, where I've always come from a place of protection and guarding myself and saying, I don't need you. Like, I like you. You're cool. But like, if you walked out tomorrow, I'll be fine. So breaking that wall down of, I do need you. I do want to accept the fact that, you know, I need you in certain areas. And to answer the question correctly or a little (laughs) more, I just learned that I'm enough because I beat the shit out of myself mentally of like, you're not, well, you're, you're not funny enough or maybe the sex isn't good enough or you weren't creative enough or you didn't travel enough for this and that. And I was like, Whoa, dude, to take a step back and be realize just it didn't work down. We weren't meant to be, there's nothing wrong with me. And of course I can become better as a person and as a partner and in life. But, uh, like it's not those reasons that I'm creating in my mind. Like I'm enough. Oh, that's so good. Cause you just got me. I was thinking of two things and they both relate back to the, I'm enough or loving myself enough. And the first one, and I don't know that I've ever said this on any podcast I've ever been on. So it's like really hard to say is that when I got engaged, so, so the day before Valentine's day is actually the day I got engaged four years ago. And I, because I don't think I trust it, like I loved myself even fully enough at that point, and I was doing so much work on it, I think I got engaged. She was amazing. I can't say a bad thing about her, but I think I got engaged because I thought it was like what I was supposed to do and what it was like the right time for and what I was like what she wanted and what other people expected of me. And I think if I had loved myself more, I would have been able to have a conversation with her about that instead of throwing like that hat over the fence and then ultimately it didn't work out. The the second thing that that got triggered for me as as the biggest love regret is not being all in. Like not like having the trust and the faith in me to 
even in the last relationship I was in, like love all the way and not be afraid of whether it's wrong or whether we disagree or maybe it will or won't work out, but be like, Hey, if I'm in, like get in, you don't get in a pool just with like one foot and leave the rest of your body out. Like get in the, in the love pool or don't get in, but the kind of like I'm in, but I won't put my head under the water. It just doesn't make sense. Last one. What would you do if you were not afraid when it comes to love? Oh, wow. Oh. I'm definitely going going all in on the next one, you know, from the things that I've learned, you know. That's all I got right now. (laughs) Nice. I think that for me, the not being all in, same as London, like – you're never going to know if it's going to work if you're not 100% in. Like, if you're not giving it your all, then no wonder it doesn't work. And so to not look at the outcome as, well, if it doesn't work, I better guard myself to be like, I can learn from this. I can take incredible things from this journey away from it. Whether it works out or doesn't isn't the point. And if you can just, that journey is a part of your life and going to be a milestone and a process regardless of the final destination with you and that person. And I've always been that way with Aaron is going forward. I'm not looking at it as, Oh, we're going to be together old and gray and, and 90. But in this season, I'm willing to just keep trusting the process a thousand percent that, that we are both picking one another and I'm not going to hold back and go, well, what if we, you know, we're now we're engaged. What if we get a divorce next week? Like, what if we call off the wedding that there's no pressure of what other people think or, you know, the struggles that we have is just, we both keep walking day by day going, I'm picking you, you're picking me. And that process is really fun. And who knows where it's going to take us. For me, I have a, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. I have the nastiest little voice in my head. It's just a dick. And when nothing's wrong, that's when he's like at his best because nothing's wrong. So it's like, oh, I'm going to find a problem. I'm going to create a problem to be – it's – you know, we could call it your ego, a survival mechanism, whatever you want. And when I think that the thing that if I'm not afraid, I would battle back that voice in my head because when I'm in a relationship and it's going well, it is picking at – at her, at me, at life, at situations, like trying to excavate crap that might not be there to find something that's wrong, which then I get, I'll get fixated on and then I can't get out of. And ultimately it's doing it to protect me because if I can keep myself guarded or safe or find out what's wrong, then I can leave or back out. But ultimately like leaning into those things would actually have me step further and deeper into like loving myself, but also loving someone else. That was cool. Thanks for answering those questions, guys. You guys had no idea what we were about to ask and what was about to come up. I love that London every time was like, oh. <laughs> um, let's look at like vulnerable moments of relationships and love. Like when you guys think about your life and relationships and love – Maybe it's stuff around Valentine's Day. Maybe it's just stuff in general. What like hits you as like those those pivotal moments where something hard or hurtful happened that like just kind of had you shift directions in life? 
plunged deep. <laughs> it's hard to talk about because you feel there's a sense of security and just kind of keeping those things to yourself. Like, I don't know, like we just keep <laughs> chugging along and I feel like vulnerability I posted about this last night on Facebook it's one thing to be like oh I'm in therapy and another to like open up about the struggle in a relationship or the struggle in like oh I've had rough patches in a relationship or rough patches in love or friendships and it's kind of weird to like get open about it but I think most people overlook the little things most people overlook the day-to-day just normal normalcy of a relationship and they they're always looking to to pinpoint like the high points and when they start just everyday life with somebody with somebody they care about they forget that there's like a love in the everyday normal normal stuff grocery shopping together like just that can be fun and we just forget and overlook that stuff and becomes mundane and, and annoying to a lot of people where it gets not fun anymore. Alex, say the question one more time. The vulnerable moments, like those moments when you look back that you're like, man, that vulnerable moment with love. Now it doesn't have to be romantic, right? We're not specifically talking about that. That was almost like a, a crossroads in your life that sent you on a different direction than you were headed. Okay. This is deep. So the last conversation I remember having with my mom was her looking at me with a tux on for my best friend's wedding. And she said, oh, you're going to Drew's wedding. I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm not invited. I said, mom, I can't risk you going because of your drinking problem because there was uh, beer and wine there. And I could not risk my mom making a fool out of herself and it like ruining my friend's day. I wasn't even worried about her embarrassing me and my sister being there. It was more <laughs> about the fact like I just couldn't ruin my best friend's day. So the most honest conversation I had and the look that my mom gave me of her telling me telling her that, like that's the last conversation I had with her. So that really kind of propelled me with my whole like forgiveness thing and not trying to hold a grudge and being able to move on. And like, so when somebody hurts me or like I hurt somebody, like it, I, it brings me back to that moment of like, fuck man, like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to do what's best and be honest, you know? And I didn't necessarily do the wrong thing. I was being honest, but just that look on her face, I just always try to be more careful with how I do things, say things, you know, if that makes any sense or answers the question, that's the main thing I thought about. Yeah. It sounds like it really, I mean, I, I'm lucky to have both of my parents and I can't imagine like thinking about like knowing that moment. I remember when, um, the last time I saw my grandfather before he passed and I was moving to New York city. I wanted to go see them before I moved. My brother didn't really want to go. And I like made him go with me and we hung out with them at the, like the place they lived joked around. I mean, they were like basically 90. They were, it's not like they were very active, but we could communicate and have good conversation. And my grandfather's my idol in life. And, and we left the apartment that they lived in and I threw on my sunglasses, like the moment we walked out the door and my brother looked at me cause we were still inside and he kind of could tell just by my body language, I was crying and I put my sunglasses on. Cause I'm like, you know, back then vulnerability wasn't safe. Crying wasn't safe. And I'm like the big brother. And 
he was like, what's wrong? And he put his arm around me and he was really great. And I was like, man, I don't, I'm not going to see one of them again. Like I just knew in my gut that the next time I came back from New York, whether it was a month or two months, like I wasn't going to see one of them. I just knew it. And uh, I wasn't wrong. Three weeks later, my grandfather passed. I don't know if I got to talk to him again. All I remember is that last day with them. Um, and it makes me really aware of like, we don't know when that thing is kind of like what you were saying, London. And I get challenged now with my dad because my dad is older. He's not very healthy. He's challenged by a lot of health issues and him and I have a strained relationship. And he, and no matter what I do, I can't seem to like break through and connect. And yet, and I know he loves me and I know he knows I love him, but there's that strain. And I'm always in the back of my mind being like, man, at any moment, he could be gone and I'm not good with how it is. Um, and I don't know if I would be there without that moment with my grandparents. Um, thanks guys. That was awesome for both of you. I want to, um, I want to, you know, we said when we started this, we were going to keep these short to the point, like hit, hit people, hit us with authenticity and vulnerability. I want to wrap up with two quick questions. One is specifically for Brie because she's the relationship champion out of the three of us. Um, Brie, you have three kids. You're going on 10 years with Aaron. That's That beats me by a solid five in any relationship. Um, what advice would you give me in London about relationships? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I think the biggest thing for us, we hit year four-ish, and – my biggest thing was because we had had a child, I didn't want him to be with me just because it was the convenient thing to do as parents. And that was a huge vulnerability thing for me was understanding that, you know, his story is to share, but his parents separated, you know, in a really hard situation. And all I could see was I didn't want me to be a case study for him to be like, I'm going to be that dad that never leaves. I wanted him to be in the relationship for me, with me, you know, cheering me on and wanting to be with me, not just because we had a child. And whether you have a child or not, I think at the end of the day, we hit a point where I really hurt him in our relationship and we had been together a really long time. And we were at the point where it was, okay, who's getting the kid? What days? We're, we're splitting up. This isn't going to work. And we came together that night with a list of things of the pros and cons and what we both wanted. And we hadn't talked that whole day. It was like, what do we want out of this? Where are we headed? Where are we feeling? And it was just, we looked at our life separate and both of us didn't want to go forward, even though it was going to be hard and there was going to be a lot of shit and pain to work through. We both decided we would pick that over the hard and not being together. And so the second we could get really firm in, we know that a relationship isn't just going to be love and rainbows and butterflies, like your quote said at the beginning, but we pick hard together over hard separate. And so if you can see that in a relationship and go, this is worth fighting for this person I want in my life, I want to fight for them over this hard isn't worth it. That's when it was just a line in the sand of whatever comes up, you know, from this point forward, whatever hurt happens is that we are showing up for one another in a different way than just a friendship or any other person that comes into our life that 
we protect this relationship by communication, by being vulnerable, by sharing with one another when we're hurt, when we are truly feeling unheard, that there's always going to be a level of communication so that, A, we don't hit that rough patch again because that sucked. (laughs) Nobody likes to go through rock bottom in their relationship, but it was a huge awakening of do we want to be together or not? And it was pen and paper. Actually, yeah, it's shitty that this happened and it's going to hurt and have a lot of things to go through, but it made us so aware of you're my person and I'm going to fight for you. So I think when you see that in a relationship, don't let it go. You know, you fight for it. London, what did you, what are you getting from this? Uh, that's deep, man. Um, I have never dated someone that long. I mean, it's, but it, it makes sense. Um, from people, because I'm I'm always curious to learn about stuff. So, I used to be in corporate America sales. So I would always ask couples, you know, uh, longest relationship. They were married for 62 years. They drove from Texas to Myrtle Beach on their last vacation because they were too old to keep traveling like that to drive. And it was just so cool, you know. I, I'm like, how do you make it work, man? You know, he's like, dude, it's just constant effort, man. But she's awesome, and she's the best thing that ever happened to me, you know. And uh, I just remember. People that seem happy in a relationship, they always realize how grateful they are that they found a good person. And they're like, I realize that they're not perfect, but like, I'm smart enough to know, like, there's a good one here, man. And nobody's perfect. It's all about, can you put up with the stuff that you don't like? Because, and you, and if the good outweighs the bad, then you can keep fighting. It makes it easier. And I just think it's awesome to, you know, be with someone for, a year, let alone 10 years, let alone 62 years, especially being 2020 and with the way things go with divorce and relationships. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I hope, you know, I look forward to the day I can, you know, really, you know, date someone again and see where it can lead, you know, cause the older I get, the more, uh, I realize I don't want to do this alone. And I'd love to have somebody on the ride with me, you know, the good and the bad to support me, to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. I'm going to wrap this episode with another quote from the same book because you guys just brought it back to like acceptance. And I I didn't know we were going to go this, but I just flipped through and I write all over books. So it was easy to find the the page that I wanted. But um, the quote is, acceptance doesn't prohibit growth. Rather, it fosters it. People who are always telling us what's wrong with us don't help us so much as they paralyze us with shame and guilt. People who accept us help us to feel good about ourselves, to relax, to find our way. I think that's the biggest thing I got from what you guys just left is is when we say we're in, we got to find ways to accept ourselves and accept other people. Thanks for guys being super authentic and vulnerable in this episode and sharing um, your lives. I want to just remind everybody listening, please like and subscribe to flip the lens and if you ever want to hear us talk about anything reach out let us know instagram everything's in the show notes but reach out to us tell us what you want to talk about tell us what you want to hear and we will make it happen thanks for listening we appreciate you thank you for listening it's not easy to create these episodes but we know it's important We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.